KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thanks for spending some of the morning uh, here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We're going to have Dave Sproul and Iowa State today. Also the Minnesota Twins as they gagged up another one last night. We'll get into that. Uh, but uh, Dave Sproul is going to join us uh, ahead of, normally he's on Friday, but we're going to move him to uh, today's. We have a new Cyclone voice that's going to be joining us. Which is exciting. It is. And he'll join us for the first time tomorrow. So our Rotation of Cyclones, and we've said it many times, our Rolodex is the weak, the weak spot is Iowa State. It used to be a strength. It's certainly not the case over the last couple of years, but it's going to get a lot better tomorrow. Um, and along with our buddy Nick Olson from Cyclone Alert and Dave Sproul from 1430 KASI, a new addition tomorrow. But we'll talk to Dave Sproul today at 1030. At 11.05, John Bowenkamp, there was another media avail yesterday at the Hawkeye football program, so we'll pick his brain on that i'll do some baseball with them as well as boy the angels they just are the angels the dodgers um i don't know something wrong with that team the 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 cakewalk to a world series parade seems to have taken a little bit of a detour we both jumped aboard 99 and a half wins or 98 and a half are you concerned um, maybe not about the win total, more so about the fact that I thought was you better get four and a half to one now because yeah. to win the World Series because there's no way this number is just going to you know go sink as the season goes on. Well, um, we'll see. So we'll talk to uh, to John about that, and then we missed out on our opportunity. We were going to go around the area yesterday, right? Uh, with uh, we went to Chicago, we with Cappy went to Kansas City with Blair Kirkhoff, and boy, that was fun to hear him on the radio. Yes, it was. So glad that. Uh, uh, his leukemia fight is behind him, and hopefully it remains behind him, and everybody, quite honestly, that is going through this. Uh, and we, But we missed uh, John Shipley from the St. Paul Pioneer Press yesterday. He had something uh, come up at the last minute, so he said he will join us today. About 11.30, we will, um, you know talk about the Minnesota sports scene. I'm guessing the Twins will be a part of that. And since we're on the Twins, no. we should start there, Trent, as I texted you. Um <laughs> you know when when the collapse, you could just see it coming, right? Yeah. yeah. Pagans, what did, what did you say yesterday on the show? He had what was what his ineptitude against Cleveland? Yes. Prior he, to last night was still bad. He had blown a lead three different times within a week against Cleveland. Against Cleveland, and does it again last night? Did it again last night? So here's my question: Is this on him? I mean, he's throwing the baseball, mm-hmm, but right. you, but somebody is sending him out there to throw the baseball. Why do they keep going down this path with him? It's a lack of options. This is that what it is? Is brutal. 
There is really nowhere that they can turn. Nobody at St. Paul? Well, and that's a question that I kind of pondered, and I looked at some numbers a little bit and and sent a message to one of the Twins guys we have on, Nick Nelson, Uh who lives up there, and of course with St. Paul there. Their AAA team, yeah. Twins Daily, obviously, is very locked in on that. It's very easy for them to cover the AAA team. Right. And it's the next time over. Where did they they, uh, move to St. Paul from? Were they in Rochester, Minnesota? No, they were in Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. Yeah, that was the old AAA team was Rochester, New York. So. This was a big step up for them, but they followed very closely because of the ease that they're able to do it. And he said a couple of the young arms that they thought maybe would be candidates for that haven't panned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of guys that are starters right now, younger guys that, hey, yeah, maybe you can go out there and, and start and figure out if they can all of a sudden tick up a couple miles an hour and become a reliever for uh-huh. the rest of this year. There just aren't a whole lot of candidates. There's not a whole lot of guys on that triple-A squad, even double-A, some of the younger guys that they're, they think is ready at this point. And you certainly don't want to push guys. And, and a lot of these guys are ones that they have anticipation that they're going to be part of the future rotation mm-hmm. kind of pieces. So you're concerned about that. But short of Duran, who's been incredible in his rookie campaign. Yep, very good. He's awesome. You got Griff- one more guy, too. Griffin Jacks. Yes, yeah, the one. He's pretty good. Yep. And then, as they get healthier in the rotation, you know, maybe Josh Winder becomes, who's been pretty good, but maybe he's a guy that can help out in the bullpen. Bailey Obert, when he comes back, he's on injury right now. Those are a couple of the younger guys that are in the system and have pitched at the major leagues. There's not a whole lot of places to turn. Joe Smith, he throws yeah. 83 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a sidewinder. There's not right. a whole lot there. And he looked and, and through married the guys. to who? Mar- Mar- he, to uh, NBA sideline? No, and uh, college football. I thought. Well, both. Yeah. Ali Laforce. Yes. Ali Laforce. Right. Yeah. And Caleb Thebar. He's a lefty specialist that's not very good. Uh There just aren't options. And the concern, because, well, it's very easy right now to say, go out, get bullpen help, right? And short of getting a shutdown closer. And that gives you more flexibility with Duran, who can go two innings. Okay, that'll help. But even with that, there's no sure things. I mean, how many of those guys have we seen kind of blow up? Relievers, I mean, it's a crapshoot. You really Mm -hmm. don't have a great feel of what these guys are going to be. And it's a year-in, year-out process where... Guy comes in, there is no guarantee he's going to be good. They have to do something. There's no doubt. The, the depth that they have, and also the organizational-wide theory, is we're letting these starters go through the order two times. That means that they've thrown out their 35 different yeah, guys this year. That's right. But in order to do that... That's it? They don't want to extend their stars any further than... I mean, I get the numbers are not in yeah. any pitcher's favor when you see him for the third time through the lineup. And that's what it is. Right. If it's close, we're going to pull yeah. him. If he's okay... He's going to get pulled. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of the theory that they have at this point. Well, it's very taxing on the bullpen. Absolutely. And when you have a crappy bullpen on top of it. And you're in the midst of a five games and four days series yes. in Cleveland. If they had anybody competent, and Pagan's not right now. Nope. He's always had good arm, throws hard. Control hasn't been his issue, which has been weird this year as he struggled with his control. He just gives up a ton of home runs. That's always been the knock against Pagan. Well, now... He's still giving up the home runs. The control's been a little bit off, and you couple that, you get a crappy lever. If you put somebody competent there, they're 10 games up on Cleveland right now. That's incredible. 10 games up on Cleveland. And and, and what does that mean as far as pecking order in the American League? You feel a lot better about this team, right? Well, no doubt. They'd have the same amount of wins as the Astros. Which, and, and, They'd be behind the loss column, but they would have the same sure. amount of wins as the Houston Astros. A team that we both have identified as if there is a team in the American League that's going to pick off the Yankees, I'm looking here. The conversation becomes, boy, can this team Uh get a bye? 
you're fighting for that right. second seed and get in to the semifinals and if avoid you will, the, the Yankees League. as long as you possibly <laughs> can. Get on the bottom side of the bracket. Right. All, all these different things that would be a real possibility. And now, well, here you are. You're in a dogfight with Cleveland That's and the White Sox. Bad. And you're letting the White Sox hang around, too. Mm-hmm. And they it, got beat last night. Otani struck out 11. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Oh, my gosh. He's something. Isn't he fun to watch? He's Trent, incredible. This is... Um, I know we've said it before on the show. Just enjoy this run that he's on. And enjoy watching him, you know, in the batter's box or on the pitcher's mound. My gosh, he's fun to watch. Is he going to participate in a home run derby? Do you know? I haven't heard. No. I know that there, we're starting to see, Guerrero Jr. said he's not going to do it this year. Okay. So we're starting to see some guys bail out. Um, um, you know, once once they've been invited, yeah. You because know, last year in Colorado, right, he was going to be, he was going to light it up, mm-hmm. and he didn't. Juan Soto got him. Juan Soto got him. Um, we'll we'll see if he does. Yeah, that's the thing. You're right, though. They've got an opportunity to put some distance between the team that still everybody thinks at the end's going to be there, and that's the White Sox. Uh, your twins last night was um, I felt bad for you. Uh, you know what he did like about the broadcast? So Glenn Perkins, mm-hmm. uh, left-hander, is um. He was working with Dick Bremer this entire series. Has he been doing this a long time? Do you know? Yeah, he's been usually the guy back in the studio. That's right. where you see a ton of him. But with uh, what's his name, Lapanta? Yeah, Anthony mm-hmm. Lapanta, who does play by play on the Wild broadcast. And Audra Martin's on the road with the team now. Yeah, they've opened that back up, which is didn't good to see. Gellner used to do Marnie Gellner. Marnie used to be, yeah, yeah. and yeah, they've they kind of bounced around, and both of them have uh-huh. done. For all the different sports and bounce around on Valley Sports North and done those. But that's good. a pretty good stable of, uh, of yeah. ta- air quote talent that they have out there, right? Absolutely. Who's our guy with the wild? Uh, Kevin Gorg. Kevin Gorg, yeah. yeah. I like the crew that they have. Yeah, I do too. And their play by play announcer for basketball is great. Well, they're just funny. Didn't not, they just fired him? Yeah. Which is crazy. I, there has to be a story. I, there has to be. Right? Man, that's a good question for Shipley. Yeah. We'll file that one away yeah. for 1130. Because I think we both really mm-hmm. liked his broadcast and the presentation. Yep. They're going a different direction, which was shocking, mm-hmm. at least on an outsized look at things. But yeah, that's where we are. Twins and, and Glenn Perkins, he's good. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm Minnesota enjoy guy. His work. Easy to like. Yeah, right. one of them. They like their Minnesotans as much as we like our Iowans. Yeah, Minnesotans might take it to another level. All right, good stuff. All right, we will um, get back to Minnesota sports coming up here at eleven thirty. As we missed it yesterday, so a couple of weeks ago, we told you that our friend Scott Dockerman at the Athletic. The Athletic is, uh, look, we're both big, big fans, right? Mm-hmm. This is an unpaid endorsement for The Athletic. You can find a sale. It's um, it's not quite like um, Principal Charity Classic tickets. Right. <laughs> where if you, if you know where to look, you can get in free as many as you want. It's not quite like that. But if you, I mean, The Athletic's always got a, a pretty good offer going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and they periodically, at, at the end of a season or prior to a season, whatever your team is, right? And it just they, they put up a kind of a poll. They, they take the pulse of the fan base. They ask a number of questions and they invite well, they invite all of their subscribers to participate uh, in the survey, as they call it. Um, I do it every time. It's the only interaction I do with any of these is, is, the, uh, is my Winnipeg Jets. Um, but you don't have to be necessarily an Iowa fan to participate. So I want to pick your brain. There's a couple of these questions. I want to see if you're in the majority. Okay. Because they give you five. They give you five. You know, how do you feel? A being you feel great. E mm-hmm. being you feel this. You know, just brutal or whatever. So I want to pick your brain on a couple of these things and see if you fall in where the majority of the fan bases. Um, 
or you're kind of out there on an island all by yourself. Wouldn't be the you, first time. No, it wouldn't. You will be on this similar You're going to be on a very crowded island <laughs> with one of these questions that I'm going to pose to you coming up here uh, in the next few minutes. So you want to start on that? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds fun. All right, let me po- let me let me pose some of these that Scott Dockerman, who will join us. Well, not this Monday; it'll be Tuesday since we're off on Monday. By the way, all of the shows are are off on Monday. No local programming on July the fourth. So there are five um, five categories: one being poor, five being excellent. Where do you rank Ference's performance in his twenty three years as a head coach? One being poor, five being excellent. Are you in the consensus or are you somewhere else let's find out i have to rate it as a five and looking at it in its totality are Mm -hmm. there things that frustrate me there is no doubt are there things that i would like to be better absolutely but in its totality 23 years which in its own right is absolutely incredible when he went out there and he got the job and this guy that nobody knew how to say his name barely anybody remembered him Mm -hmm. as he was hired to take over for hayden fry if you would have said you're going to get 23 years there is nobody that would have taken that bet. We that called was- Baltimore Ravens reporters uh-huh. to get a report card on the new, when it became official that he's taken over the Hawks. We called Ravens two beat guys, because we're on the air at this time, mm-hmm. to, get the, to get a feel for the football coach that's, um, you know, he's with the program, that he's left and he's in the pros and he's coming back. Never have a lot to say about him. Yeah. Didn't I mean that? That's my remember uh, my memory of those conversations. Not a lot to say. So you rated a five, I rated which a is five. the second uh, most popular choice. Four would be, you know, five being excellent. Four just came right under that. But those those by far ninety one percent of the responders are in that category. Trent, I can't I can't um, argue with you. I yeah. can't. Uh, frustrations, absolutely. Things yeah. that they should have done differently. Should have got back on the airplane uh, during the rabdo. Um, but the product on the field, yeah, you missed a couple of bulls, had a couple, but for the most part, again, you're in a small state, a small state that has two power five schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's great for the community. I do. I think him and his wife, the way they give back, um, he's been great. Yeah, he, he has. All right, let's go to the next one. I want to, I might be skipping over some of these okay. here. Uh, how would you rate him in the last five years? Last five years. I would say a three. A three? A three. One Big Ten championship game appearance. Mm-hmm. Those teams were better than that. I think... Put a lot of guys in the pros. That doesn't matter to me. No, but... As a fan. But, but I get it. But should he... Oh, gotcha. With all those yeah. pros, yes. should the record be better? You know, the Penn State loss where Stanley missed the wide open receiver on fourth and one. Uh-huh. That game, they let slip uh-huh. away. 0-2 two, oh two start, six straight wins in 2020. That mm-hmm. was good. Didn't even get a bowl game as Missouri mm-hmm. decided not to show up. And maybe you'd have even more different feelings. But I just feel this program, one championship game appearance over the last five years, yeah. they should have been there more often. Northwestern was gone twice. Yeah. You've only gone When you once. put it like that, when you put it like that, uh, I agree. Because it's been it, it, really good and really solid. Yeah. But it feels like they should have been a well, tick you're more the, than Well, you're the, uh, the number one choice was four. Five was excellent. It was the second choice. And right right in the middle there was the third choice. Can I go back to um, one one of my criticisms? Uh, kneeling on the football in Ohio State See, with I, 40 seconds left. I am so far behind everybody else because you're not alone. Hawkeye fans bring that up all the time. Yeah. Take a shot. I was there. Uh-huh. I was at that game. Mm-hmm. And you look at the final numbers. You were you sitting beside? You were sitting beside somebody or... Oh, no. I had Buckeye fans surrounded. I okay. Was, we bought tickets on you know StubHub or something like that. 
we were right in the middle. Great seats, 40-yard line right mm-hmm. under the overhang, and it was all Buckeyes and me and my buddy Barry watching that one. And they were chirping a whole lot <laughs> yeah. during that. Vandenberg had a pick six that was called mm-hmm. back that shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Had two more dropped interceptions in that game. Mm-hmm. At that spot, the way the game was going, I think Kirk made the right decision. Yeah, you're in the minority. I know uh, I am. I mean, DJK was on Twitter chirping about it as recently as last week, or within the last couple of weeks. What a shot. But I would, I would put that in that category. All right. Uh, here's a go. This isn't all about Kirk Ferentz, by the way. So mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna, we got a couple more on him, and then we're going to move on. How long will he remain head coach? One season, two or three seasons, or four or more? I say two to three. And that's what everybody did. Well, yeah. not everybody. 55% of the respondents. Here's a good one. Who would you replace him with when he retires? Here's your choices. Mm-hmm. LeVar Woods, an outside coach with Iowa ties, a coach without Iowa ties, Brian Ferentz, or another Iowa assistant. What was, what was the most popular response? What trailed the field? Well, I'm glad that, because uh, I saw this one, LeVar Woods is leading the pack. Yes. And this is something that I've been banging the drum with now for the last couple of seasons. And it's getting louder. Thank goodness people are finally mm-hmm. listening to me because... <laughs> My reasoning was twofold. First of all, an Iowa guy with Iowa ties that's played in the NFL, all these different things, those are all well and good. Yeah. But a special teams coordinator, I am, I look at John Harbaugh, who for my money is as good as you're going to find in the NFL, putting an organization together and just understanding that big picture view. I feel like special teams coaches just have that viewpoint in a better way of maybe putting everything together because they have to do it in a lot of different ways and a lot of different fashions. And that was the reason that I first started to jump aboard the LeVar Woods train is because I thought it made a whole lot of sense with that kind of background to go that direction. And the second part, there aren't a whole lot of other good candidates. There there isn't a name that makes a whole lot of steps. Can can he get Mark Stoops to leave Kentucky? You got to pay a ton. And can he... What he's doing recruiting-wise at Kentucky is incredible because he's taken, not the guys from Michigan, Ohio State, but mm-hmm. that next-year guy and going into the upper Midwest and saying, you want to play in the SEC? This is the closest destination. Well, can he do that at Iowa? You know, is he going to beat Michigan State, Wisconsin, and for those upper Midwest guys to come to Iowa? little bit more difficult sell uh that was number one the uh, the least uh the choice that got the least amount of response was brian ferentz and it was way too high at three two point two percent now if we would have if this question would have been asked five years ago oh absolutely it had been probably over half yeah i think so too and i yelled and screamed and kicked about that one at the time and looks like i'm gonna be proven right all right here's one for you we got to move along here because i want to get four or five of these uh more of these in um ah this one's too close in all of them let me move down okay um how confident are you that Iowa will maintain its status as one of the nation's top defensive units for this coming season? One, you're not confident. Mm-hmm. Five, you're very confident. Oh, five. Yeah. In Phil, I trust. Phil Parker. And the 67% did. Good. 67% right. of the respondents did. In fact, uh, not very confident. Didn't even get 1%. Yeah. Uh, how would you rank the state of the Iowa football program? Again, one, not confident. Five, very confident. Ah, that one's a little bit more difficult, and I'm trying to remember back because I did fill out this survey. I think I was at a three. That's the second mount. That was second. Nineteen point six four is the four is the next one. Here's a good one. Uh, Football. What? uh, Where do you most align your realistic expectations for this program? Four choices: Mm -hmm. reach the college football playoff every few seasons, win a Big Ten championship every few seasons, contend for the Big Ten West. Or qualify for a bowl game every season. Your realistic expectations are of those four choices. Where do you lie? Contend for the Big Ten West title every year. Seventy-two percent of your Hawkeye fandom says that's where you should be. 
And the every year caveat maybe is a little, I would say four out of every six years, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Every year, maybe that's a little bit much. I mean, there's going to be any program has some kind of dips and lulls for Alabama and Clemson. They're different than the lulls at Iowa and Wisconsin, but there's going to be lulls. But I think that's a realistic expectation to start. Are we going to contend in the West? We should contend in the West for as long as it's a little long. And that might not be very long. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe as soon as next year. Have to change year. what your expectations are after that. Indeed. All right. Yeah, for three or four more of these. Iowa offensive position you are least optimistic for. Here are your choices. Okay. Offensive line, wide receiver, quarterback, running back, or tight end. You're least optimistic about? I think you know the answer to this one. It is the most important position in sport. It is the quarterback position. 91% of you feel the exact same way. 91. I hope the Petruses don't have an athletic subscription. Oh, my God. Well, they got a Twitter account, and they've heard plenty there. So this one's not going to change their opinion. Here's one that surprised me. Uh, Which defensive position are you least optimistic about? Secondary linebacker defensive line? Linebacker's a cross-off. It's between the secondary and the defensive line for me. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I don't know if there is a right answer. I I don't think there is. Right? I guess because you don't have a pure edge rusher. Maybe I would. That's probably why that won the category. That's where I would lean Uh defensive line. And plus, again, Phil Parker. He's also the secondary coach. Mm -hmm. That goes a long, long ways where you just don't worry. He's going to figure it out back there. All right. It's two more and we are done. And I like these two. Save these two for last. Which Big Ten West team poses the most difficult challenge for Iowa winning a divisional title most frequently? Wisconsin, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois, Nebraska, or Minnesota? Which of the Big Ten West rivals poses... The most difficult challenge for Iowa to win. It's those stinking Badgers, and it's, it's not even 95%. Well, who else would you say? Well, right now, that's clearly Wisconsin. I thought there would be more love for Minnesota. I mean, I get it. It's, I, it's a huge Is that gap. for this year, or is this overall? I, this I, year, and most frequently. See, the way that I read that question was just in general. Yeah, it, that's what I think that is. In yeah. a yearly basis, yeah. Minnesota's never been there. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's okay, but they've but never... But they're beating Wisconsin periodically now. Right, but Iowa's not. Mm-hmm. And who does Iowa lose to? They lose to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and they look awful doing it. So that's what I think Iowa fan looks at. Minnesota, Iowa's beat Minnesota, what, six straight times? Yeah. You're not worried about them. Um, which is Which team is Iowa's biggest rival? Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa State, Nebraska, or other? Biggest rival. Wisconsin, Iowa State, Minnesota, Nebraska, other. For me, it's Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in North Iowa. Right. I have family in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I've gone to that game dozens of times up there. 15% finished third. If you live here, it's Iowa State. Second choice, 32%. You live on the east side. You live up in Dubuque. It's Wisconsin. 45%. You live in the Quad Cities. It's Illinois. Didn't Well, somebody got 0.2% of a vote. And if you live in Omaha, Council Bluffs. It's Nebraska. Yeah. I try to tell you this. Nebraska's got 7% of the vote only. Wisconsin got 45. Iowa State got 32. Which team do you dislike the most? Same choices. Nebraska, Iowa State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, or other. What team do Hawkeye fans dislike the most? Nebraska. Because they don't shut up. (laughs) 
They just will not shut up. And yeah, it's it's, it's not even close. Is it's fifty six percent. Iowa State got twenty. Wisconsin got ten. Minnesota got eight percent. So good stuff. That's not all the questions. If you're an athletic subscriber, you can see them. Uh, as the poll has, the survey rather, uh, has been published online at The Athletic uh, by our friend Scott Dockerman, who will join us on Tuesday. All right, we've got um, Dave Sproul on Iowa State, going to pick his brain on the new commissioner of the Big 12. We'll do some other topics with with, with him. I, this is, uh, I, I wish that you know the, this survey opportunity would come Iowa State fans. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if there's... Um, Enough. Well, I think there would be more uh, oh, clone fans, subscribers, yeah. if they did get a uh, an assigned beat writer to them. But um, I'd lo- I'd love to see their responses to some of these questions. I wonder how many of the Power Five teams don't have a dedicated. Boy, there can't be a lot, Trent. Right. I mean, of the sixty-ish teams, maybe that a are third. Probably sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, Washington State, Oregon State, those are ones that you kind of mm-hmm. think about. But yeah, not having a dedicated one and. Well, now they're owned by the New York Times, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been exactly profitable. Probably not going to happen, I would guess. Mm, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, Which you. is unfortunate because it's great. Yeah, it is. We're big fans. We hope it survives. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, but before we go to break, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com once you get there. You can enter this nationwide, this nationwide contest. The keyword for the 10 o'clock hour is cash, cash. At KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000 in cash. Dave Sproul, KSI, 1430 on the AM dial, will join us. Miller and Condor on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com. Sports. This isn't the Guardian song, is it? It is. They play it after every victory. Do I heard they? It coming across the radio broadcast last night as Corey Provis was. Oh, he had to be apoplectic. Oh, he was. He I'm guessing uh, was. our next guest was as well. Dave Sproul, 1430 on the AM dial. He's a Twins fan. Covers Iowa State uh, for our sister station in Ames, KASI. Of course, that's where Iowa State plays in Story County. Well, how are you this morning, Dave Sproul? <laughs> Hold on, hold on. I'm just updating a new website. It's called IHateEmilioPagan.com. <laughs> Could have a lot of uh, subscribers to that no thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. I'm uh, surprised. Patreon, please. <laughs> I'm surprised you're able to beget that. It was still available. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You could see it coming, though, right? I was watching it. I'm texting with my partner here now. Uh, my partner here, and I just you could just see it coming that this was not going to end. They're up six three. Uh, a, a big home run uh, to take, uh, of course, Buxton had scored, the runner at second base, and then, uh, who was it, Correa got on, right? Yeah, Correa got on, and then, bam, Kepler hits one into the uh, right field seat. you got to feel good about a six or three-run lead. Eh, not safe enough. Unreal. Yeah, I was I was announcing a, a high school game myself last night, so I was looking down in between innings, looked at the score, and saw the Twins were up 6-3, and I'm like, all right, let's get this done. And uh, then I looked down a little bit later, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, not so good. And I said, oh, they must have put in Pagan. So here we are. <laughs> Indeed they did. You nailed that one. that one. That one was easy to see. So that is four blown leads over the last week against Cleveland for him and him alone that he has given up these leads. Just absolutely incredible. You need bullpen help. There's no doubt about it. You have to get more arms. They've used a lot of them already. There isn't a ton, at least 
that are easy candidates coming out of the minor leagues. So what do you do? Is it just going out there and getting two, three, four veteran relievers that you're not giving up, you know, huge guys. You're not giving up big prospects in your system, or are you looking for a closer and giving more flexibility for Duran? How do you solve this ridiculous bullpen puzzle? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be difficult because there, there's only one reliable arm in that bullpen right now, and not really feasible, I would think, to uh, turn it over completely. And you know, yeah, you'll be giving away a lot of uh, decent assets in the meantime if, if tried to do that. Now, there will be opportunities when we get closer to the trade deadline, and maybe you know, maybe the the Twins will have to part ways with one of their higher end prospects to get a, a really you know quality arm. But it's it's a really tough. Um, Tough situation, but I can't help but think, and I know hindsight is twenty twenty and all, but we talked about this the day before the season began when Taylor Rogers <laughs> got traded, and you got a guy who is now going through the elbow reconstruction surgery process, and you got Emilio Pagan on the other end. That meanwhile, Taylor Rogers is leading the National League in saves. Oh yeah, yeah. So that really didn't work out. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you put it like that, no, that uh, uh, that kind of uh, exacerbates how bad it has been. Well, let's get to Iowa State. We'll uh, we'll leave that misery behind of uh, of the Minnesota Twins in their bullpen, which has been brutal. Uh, your thoughts on the Big Twelve? Going outside the box, Dave. Brett Yormack, who's never been an AD, uh, not a lot of college experience of any kind. Um, not at the college level, but a, but a, a lot of experience that I think the job is starting to evolve into. Uh, do you like the hire? Do you understand why the Big 12 is kind of you know doing something out of the norm, maybe taking a page out of the Pac-12's book uh, with what they did with Klyavkov hiring him away from MGM? Brett Yormack, your thoughts? Well, it, it feels like so many conferences are going outside the box that the there's no box anymore, really, it seems like. Uh, I mean, you take into account Big Ten hiring a guy who was an NFL executive with the Vikings to be their commissioner, and now you're swerving into Pac-12 and Big 12 hiring guys who are maybe more familiar with the entertainment side of the sports entertainment business, although your Mac does have the that or your Mark has the experience with the Nets and, and the Barclays Center and that kind of deal. So it's it's really hard to say, you know, what kind of commissioner that the Big 12 is getting here because we really don't know how he operates at the collegiate level. Now, he has, you know, in his deals in Brooklyn, you know, brought the ACC tournament there, brought some high-level college basketball matchups to that arena. So I'd imagine he has some connections in, in the college uh, sports world. Uh, but it's really difficult to see, you know, what uh, what's going to happen here with him. And we won't, won't really know anything until that, negotiation time comes along and he's got to make a deal uh, for the big 12 without its two biggest names to, you know, put them on TV and keep the, the those uh, revenues at a level that keeps you in that power five conversation, at least as far as money goes. Uh, there are other aspects to that, that define whether you're power five or not, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot about revenue and that's why Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. And if you want the new big 12 to stay together, you got to make sure that that the money is you know better than let's say what the MAC has to offer, it should, and it should be that obviously. Yep. But how does it compare to the ACC? How does it compare to the Pac-12? Those those are going to be the the questions that really define whether your Mac, your Mark, pardon me, gets the job done. Leaving him out of the equation, just as its totality, and how it's going to be. How confident are you 
that the Big 12, when those rights uh, come up and, and the negotiations continue, that they can keep up with the Pac-12 and the ACC. Look, the SEC and Big 10, that's its own level right now. Like, we know that financially. But keep up with the other two major conferences, minus Oklahoma and Texas. How confident are you that they can keep up? I, I think they can. I mean, we talked before, ACC is a, a long-term deal that mm-hmm. really isn't uh, quite as lucrative as it should be compared to what the other conferences are getting it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Pac-12 because that Pac-12 network and the way they went about that was a total disaster and really harmed their their revenue stream. And if, if USC now is in a position with a big-time coach and a big-time quarterback and some big-time recruiting, they can reestablish themselves as a power in that conference and in the nation. And if that happens, you know, along the time that their contract renegotiation comes along, they're going to be in a great position mm-hmm. because they're going to have a huge brand name point. team. Yeah, in a big uh, market uh, that can really command a lot of revenue. Big 12 really won't have that because the teams they have, some are, you know, Houston's the big market, but the Cougars aren't exactly the big draw in that market. And there's going to be a lot of teams that are kind of in mid-level uh, markets that, uh, you know, aren't, and they, and they don't have a big national presence uh, when it comes right down to it. So it's going to be really tough for the, the big, the, the big 12 to be at the level, obviously, where it's at now. But if, if they can keep pace with the Pac 12, then they'll be in a good spot. Let me ask you a question. Uh, we, we just uh, did an exercise here. We we borrowed Scott Dockerman's survey on Iowa. Two questions, and I'm going to have you speak for the entire fan base, Dave Sproul. It's, it's on you. I'm very comfortable doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. What's, who's Iowa State's biggest rival? Iowa and then Pick a, pick a school from the or a couple of schools from the from the Big Twelve. Who's their biggest rival? I, I got to go with Kansas State. Uh, I think that uh, over Iowa. Know, seen, no, probably Iowa's probably number one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but Kansas State, Kansas State would be second. Uh-huh. Um, I think that you know you, you've seen this so many close games the last twenty ish years. Yeah, uh, between those two schools, we've seen the atmosphere in those games. You know, no matter where they're played. That's been fantastic, and it's really been such a close rivalry. And I know during that you know two decade stretch that I referenced, um, Kansas State has definitively won more games, but mm-hmm. still many of those games, except for just a few exceptions, have been really close and very exciting. And it's really uh, ginned up, I think, some uh, some rivalry aspects. I don't know if bad blood is exactly the word between the Iowa State and Kansas State fan bases because I don't think it's quite the level of Iowa State Iowa kind of vitriol you'll see sometimes. But right. there is some fun back and forth I see between Kansas State and Iowa State fans, and I think that that's part of what makes me think Kansas State is uh, a good, solid second place on the rivalry rankings for Iowa State. Yeah, even their play-by-play guys seems like a bit of a dick gets involved <laughs> in this, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. All right, so the, the other question I want to pose, what team does do, do Cyclone fans hate the worst? And I don't think it's one of the two you just named. Or dislike, not hate. Which team do you dislike the most? You K State, Iowa, or any other Big Twelve school? I think it's one of the others. Who do you think it is? Uh, it's probably Texas. I agree. I mean, it's yep. <laughs> it's not, and it's not because of what happens on the field. It's because right. Texas likes to likes to try to flex its muscle, horns down. Uh, you know, yeah, financially, and but they don't back it up with the performance on the field overall mm-hmm. to make it seem like they have earned the right to do it, but. Nonetheless, it happens, and, and a lot of what has happened in the Big 12 in recent history has been dictated yep. by what Texas and Oklahoma want to do. Uh, Oklahoma has the, the backup 
you know, on-field results to, to show that they're worth it, but Texas hasn't done it, but they still, you know, have the huge brand names and the huge revenues and can still command a lot of attention. So, yeah, uh, we talk about hatred and, you know, resentment comes into the picture. That's where Texas really shines for Iowa State. We uh, mentioned a little bit about uh, your mark taking over at the job. Bob Bowlesby had some comments the other day talking about uh, his retirement and thinking about it in Shawshank Redemption terms, going through the sewer to get out of it. Uh, maybe not exactly a, a, <laughs> wow. sh- a great light of college athletics as it he is here today. <laughs> Bob Bowlesby, how will he be remembered? He's not the punchline of Dan Beebe. No. He's, he's not like that. He was given a very bad situation. How will he ultimately be remembered as Big 12 commissioner? I think mostly positive. You could make an argument. I would make an argument that he should have known Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. were up to nefarious deeds. Uh, but I guess credit to those two schools for keeping it under wraps as long as they did uh, and, and letting those guys slip away. Yeah, that, that's a kind of a black mark on his tenure. But he also was able to, you know, rally the troops, so to speak, in the in the Big Twelve and go out and grab four teams that were, you know, mm-hmm. probably the best four programs available to add to a, a power conference. Uh, so, you know, he didn't drop the ball nearly as badly as, you know, yeah, what happened before when Nebraska and Colorado and and A and M and others bolted, uh, you know, under the Big Twelve's watch. But he did a good job of of making sure, you know, I, I think his approach certainly worked better than than others when it came to. Uh, communicating with the other college presidents and ADs and, and trying to keep everybody as much as possible on the, on the same page. And I think most of the Big 12 fan bases, from what I have seen, mostly blame Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. for the departure of Texas and Oklahoma. I think Bowlesby needs to take a little bit of that on. He probably does. I don't know if I've seen a quote or anything, but if you really, you know, if you asked him directly, he'd probably admit he should have known more about what was going on there. But when it comes to the, the the end of the day, the, the other fan bases, I think, are just going to direct their anger at Texas and Oklahoma in that situation and not so much at Bowlesby. Yeah, the timing of it, Dave, I think as much as anything, right? The media had gathered for Big 12 media days, and you know, the, at these events, normally the commissioner, he is the first person on the stage because it kind of gives you state of the state of the conference, if you will, address. And he, and he brought up the, the unity, the harmony. And then it hit the fan the very next day uh, that that announcement leaked out there that those two schools are leaving. I, I give him, look, just, just to, to echo just what you said, right? He took chicken, you know what, and made chicken salad as best as he could by, you know, losing those two brands but bringing in four, uh, four schools. I'm excited about the new Big 12. I am. I think he did as best because uh, it was gloom and doom when it first. Oh my God, it's over! Blah blah blah. Here they go again. Big Twelve's gonna big tw- everybody for themselves. Look, I'm sure I was saying that, but I thought that um, I thought they did a good job. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm heading up to my parents in Minnesota. Gonna hang out at the farm, smoke some cigars, hang out <laughs> by the fire pit, watch the Twins lose some more, watch the bullpen blow some more games. So they're on uh, the yeah, road, right? Nice and relaxing. Yeah, they're on in Baltimore. Uh, Oh, I think they're at home. This they're at home, they? yeah. Oh, okay. Home for Baltimore. White, oh, home for Baltimore. Park? Baltimore, okay. Gotcha. There you go. Dave, happy 4th. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for being flexible. We will uh, talk with you next week, Dave Sproul. Thanks, bud. Looking forward. Happy uh, 4th of July to you, Trent, and uh, happy whatever you guys do on the it's, 4th of July. It's Canada actually Canada. tomorrow. Tomorrow is Canada Day. And thanks oh, Canada Day. Oh, I Canada Canada Day. that. I there you go. And, and, and thank you. Today. Thank you for thinking of me and my fellow Canadians. See you, bud. Enjoy Minnesota. Take care. Dave Sproul, uh, KSI 1430 on the uh, AM dial. Canada Day. Who's the ad wizards that came up with that one? I mean, they thought long and hard. 
You have to come up with Canada Day. Yeah. I remember when, um, see, we became a country in 1867. All right. You guys, 1776. That's right. Us was 1867. And it was a big deal to turn 100 years old. Oh, gotcha. So when I was in in school, yeah, Yeah. it was a big deal. Um, I remember hearing about the bicentennial. I don't think. Right, for, the, for yes. the states, right. Yeah, my parents talking about it and what yeah. a, a big deal that was in, in 1976. I don't think I'm going to make the try. No, I don't think you will either. No, I'd be, I, I'd I be, don't 90, like I'd be 96. Well, you got a shot. I got a shot. Right. Not a good shot. Not a good shot. No. No, I don't think, uh, I don't think I'll make the buy. <laughs> uh, I would be 109. That'd be that, tough. That's not going to happen. You got a better chance of getting to 109 than I do to 96, I you think. You think? Yeah. Hey. We'll see. You got your walks every day. You're staying healthy. I do. Healthy. I do. I'm chasing that puppy around, and yeah. he's keeping me young. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Anyways, we'll come back. You know what we're going to do? I want to talk to our buddy Andy at Claxons. He's yes. been so good to us over the years. Um, I'm going to ring him up and see if he'll spend a couple of minutes. I mean, if you, Andy's been giving shows that I've been a part of an opportunity for our listeners on Fridays. To enjoy his barbecue and a little contest, right? And he, he's he's so loyal to this program. Very grateful for that. And can we throw him a bone? Absolutely. We got Fourth of July to look and don't want to cook. What we'll do. This is a great you know opportunity. What? That's the angle I'm going to yes. take. Thank you for that one, TC. We're going to go to Claxons when we come back. In hour number two, we'll start with John Bowen Camp on the Hawks and the Dodgers, of which he is a card-carrying member of the Dodgers uh, fan club here in the state of Iowa. And then we'll head north to Minnesota. John Shipley will join us. We missed him yesterday. We'll get him today. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Point- Dreaming on you. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 106.3 KXNO, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, you just heard the spot for the Perry Farmers Market. Yes, indeed, it is underway tonight. Josh Davis Plaza from 4 until 7. Polk City Farmers Market goes tonight as well. That's on the square in Polk City. And, of course, Valley Junction uh, Farmers Market tonight from 4 until 8. Three farmers markets locally here tonight. Valley Junction, Polk City, and in Perry. Nick Mc N-C-M-I-C makes those promotional announcements possible. Well, Andy from Claxons makes it possible for us to give our listeners barbecue opportunities to win barbecue from his fine restaurant in Altoona each and every Friday. It's the long weekend coming up. Family, barbecue, beer, Sound pretty good. Sounds great. Uh, Andy can look after the barbecue. Andy, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Andy. How you been? Good afternoon, gents. How are you? Doing well. I, I, listen, want to uh, have you on and, you know, let you promote your place, but, uh, you know, to thank you for what you've done for shows I've been a part of for, for so many years. and appreciate, Love the relationship. Love the food. Love the relationship. What, uh, what do you guys got going on at Claxons this weekend? Do you expect you're going to be busy, Andy? We are. We've got, you know, basically almost a four-day weekend coming up, and Altoona has a lot going on, so there's a lot of people coming to town, and so we're trying to prepare for that. We've got a few things uh, happening ourselves, and uh, so we're really looking forward to it. We're getting ready for it as we speak. Got the big fireworks display. That's always a big event. I know a lot of people make their way over to the east side of the city uh, for that one. Do you see a lot of trickle over? And for people that are maybe thinking about making the trip over there to Prairie and and watching the fireworks on Monday night, would you give a suggestion maybe what time to get in there and get a spot of Claxons for dinner beforehand? 
Well, we've kind of shifted things around a little bit. We have our music Monday on Monday night, so that uh, we've got the Emmett Skelton Band playing. Um, we've shifted our hours a little bit on the music from 5.30 to 8.30 uh, to give people a time to get where they need to be Monday to see the Adventureland fireworks. Um, I would say the earlier the better. Um, Altoona on Sunday night for the uh, Prairie Meadows fireworks will be uh, pretty much in- impassable after <laughs> about 8 o'clock. It's, it's absolutely bananas over there. It really is. Andy, on Fridays, we, um, you know, we talk, about, uh, talk about your restaurant and where the, where the price is coming from. I say, you know, in business for about 25 years, but it's, it's more than that now, right? I mean, how, when did you start? It was in the mid to late 90s, right? We started in uh, April of 1996, yeah. so we are into our uh, 27th year. Wow! Um, and you know, we've been on our what we call our new location since 2005, uh, down by the Walmart there on Eighth Street. And uh, yeah, we just keep plugging away. We continue to try to get better. Um, we're going to do a little hog roast on Monday on the patio for uh, people that want to buy a ticket to be able to pick on a pig for a little bit. <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll be doing that during the, uh, while we have the band playing out on the patio. So, so yeah, it's been uh, 26 years of ups and downs, but uh, you know, the people have taken local folks here in Altoona and around the Metro have taken care of us uh, very nicely. And, uh, it's just uh, the Hogros will do a little payback for them as well. Oh, that, that's great! Yeah, I used to first discovered you at the old place uh, back back in the nineties. So, uh, help me out, help the audience out. Uh, what uh, what goes into roasting a hog? Uh, time. <laughs> <Right>. How much? <laughs> they uh, well. Normally, I do. We don't split the hogs, so we do them whole, and they take anywhere depending on the size from twelve to sixteen hours. Um, kind of an overnight an overnight labor of love, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will start the pig the night before and uh, kind of take care of him all night. We cook him on a stick burner, so you have to uh, tend the fire about once an hour Jeez. and uh, all through the evening. So it makes for a sleepless night, and uh, I'll definitely be taking uh, uh Tuesday the 5th. Oh. Don't blame you. Well, we've uh, been able to send a lot of people to Claxon's for the first time and uh, heard a lot of repeat customers that have come from it. If somebody's going for the first time, what's the suggestion? What do you tell somebody? They've never been to Claxon's before. They love barbecue. What would you say is your specialty? Mm. Well, probably now the burn ends. Um, yeah. The brisket, you know, the brisket probably takes a decade to get it down to perfection. And uh, so the brisket, as Ken will tell you, yes, is one of, our, <laughs> one of our top things. Um, burn ends are, you know, the cap of the brisket, um, so they're a little fattier, but we toss those around on the grill. And, of course, the ribs. Um, but we have a full American menu now. As Ken knows, the menu has expanded tremendously over the years. And uh, so we cook everything over oak wood as well. So uh, the burgers, the steaks, the chicken, uh, fish, chops, all of that is cooked over a real oak wood fire. And, you know, so when you do that, that just adds something that you can't find uh, just about anywhere else. Uh, again, thank you for uh, for uh, being so good to uh, shows I've been a part of for so many years, Andy. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the 4th. Say hi to Mary for me. Uh, you guys well, sh- will be busy that weekend. Claxons, you can find them online, claxonbbq.com. Andy, thank you. 
thank you guys. Thanks for all the support over the years. We really appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Take care, bud. Andy from Claxons, uh, one of my stops in Altoona. Mm-hmm. Good, po- good point on the fireworks. So Sunday night at Prairie Meadows, yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> It's, it's all of the all of the land which is so developed now. You're right. I mean, when I was out there in the late '90s into you know early 2000s, there was there was all those restaurants that wasn't there. There was a McDonald's, a Big Steer. I don't think anything on Adventure. Was there anything between that? I don't think there was. You'd have to the tell me. The theater wasn't there for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, there was a there was a get and go. Okay. Um, but cars parked everywhere. It's a great fireworks, really is. Prairie does um, right on uh, for their fireworks, and they will go on Sunday. Adventurelands on Monday. Andy at Claxons all weekend long. Claxonbbq.com. John Bowen Camp on Iowa. We get back to sports. As we take you up until noon, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.